This is the Tribune Audio Network. This episode of Eat It Virginia is brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich. But I did not know chicken wings was in my future because I used to be in an office job behind cubicles and windows. But at home, cooking was something I enjoyed. It's Monday, September 23rd. We have Marvin from Manchu, the cult-followed New Orleans restaurant, and Bon Appetit loves Richmond. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It, Virginia. My name is Scott Lodge and I am joined by my co-host, the ever-smiling, effervescent Roby Martin. Oh, what an introduction. So I kind of jumped the gun, Scott. I got to tell you about this. So I have a giveaway that I accidentally talked about in the Beth Dixon interview, which is going to be our next podcast that I need to do now. Are you okay, ready? Let's do it. So this is, again, not this podcast, but a future podcast with Beth, Beth Dixon. Roby mentions a contest, which she's now correcting in I'm, the past. Yes, in, I'm, I'm correcting it before it happens. It's like Back to the Future. I am giving away two tickets to the Powhatan Festival of the Grape, which is October the 5th. A Saturday. It is. And it includes all your wine tastings, but you need to come ask Beth Dixon at Perch where the hidden door is. Where the hidden door is? It's a hidden door to a closet. So So essentially you need to ask her about the closet. The first person to come to Perch and ask Beth Dixon at the bar about the hidden door slash closet wins free tickets. Free tickets, too. Palatan Festival of the Grape. Yep, you and a buddy. Unlimited tastes of wine. Oof, hope they get a ride out there, Bands, too. Bands, all the things. Speaking of unlimited tastes of wine, I'm a little hungover. Still? Still. I spent four days in New Orleans recently. Did you go to the Turkey and the Wolf that just recently was here? Ironically, I did. I went there the day before. I didn't even know they were coming to Richmond. I went there for lunch the day before they were actually in Richmond. It was kind of a, a fun little twist. There was a foie gras pretzel, and I'm totally going to try and get my hands on At it. At the pop-up? Yep. Nice. Yeah, the, the restaurant in New Orleans, if you haven't been, it was a little bit of a... I was in New Orleans for a convention, a journalism convention. Uh, la, uh, it had been Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of, I guess, when you're listening to this, two weeks ago now. And, you know, when you go to a convention, a lot of it is centered around the hotels, the restaurants on Canal Street, Bourbon Street, obviously. But the Turkey and the Wolf was recommended to me by, by my brother, he said I needed to go there for lunch. <laughs> we went a few, uh, a few neighborhoods away to the Turkey and the Wolf, and there's a long line out the door. And uh, yeah, I got a, a, a peppers and pork sandwich. You didn't get the Bon Appetit favored collard green change your life sandwich. I didn't. I, see, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't do my research. He just said go there. I didn't Why know. Why are you even on this podcast I, with me? I have the microphones. <laughs> we, we, we've talked about this before. I have the equipment, and you have the knowledge. Oh, that's what it and is. And I have the appetite sometimes. So we're actually, you're going to see us on at 4 o'clock on Monday when this drops. Right. So if you're listening to this uh, Monday morning, turn on CBS 6 News at 4 p.m. It's our brand new newscast, and Roby and I will be talking about the podcast. Who, this podcast today, we have Manchu, Marvin from Manchu on, which is your favorite wing in life. By far. It's delicious. I did not make it to the Manchu in New Orleans, unfortunately, <laughs> when I was down there. Marvin talks Again, about... why are you on this podcast? <laughs> Marvin from Manchu <laughs> in Richmond talks about 
his, his family. family in New Orleans and how he brought their idea, their successful idea from New Orleans up to Richmond. Yeah, like they really, really have a big deal restaurant in New Orleans, and he's pretty busy here in Richmond with his wing. Love all the wings, every wing. He's so busy, in fact, that it was the first interview that you and I have conducted where he was actually working while we were interviewing him. So you'll want to stick I around really for that. I really like that. I thought that was fun. It was awesome. It was great. We were, and then we I were, got to eat some wings. We were like huddled behind the counter there. People were ordering their wings. Marvin's mom comes out. You'll learn a little bit about Marvin's mom. Who was great. And all of us were in a postage-sized, stamp-sized um, area. So it's very tight and kind of warm. That's coming up in a bit. But first we want to talk about Another amazing Richmond restaurant. So very cool thing. Speaking of Bon Appetit and the sandwich that changed their life, this week we learned that one of our restaurants in Richmond is number three in the top ten Bon Appetit new restaurants. So educate me on about how big a deal that is. It's pretty freaking huge. And I will tell you, if I could cuss right here and you wouldn't bleep it out, I 100% would. I mean, they go and we test. We didn't say who it was, right? Not yet, but okay, I'm going to. Um they go around to so many new restaurants, a group of individuals from Bon Appetit. So, I mean, they're pretty much eating solidly forever. And then they say, these are the people that we think you should try. And they, they're really interesting. If you haven't read the article, it's Long Oven. And they talk about how unlikely this restaurant, from a fine dan- dining standpoint, it is. And that's why it made the top three. It's a really cool description. Julia Kramer is the individual that wrote the piece on Long Oven. She talks about the three individuals behind it who are Patrick Phelan and his wife Megan and Andrew Manning. And I have been to the restaurant Andrew worked in in Alba, Italy. Um, it's fantastic. And I was at the pop-up that she went to initially at Sub Rosa. I don't think she could have gotten it any more right. It's a, it's, it, makes, it actually gives me chills. When was the last time you were at Long Oven to eat? Well, cool thing. So I have been to Long Oven in the last two weeks, and Ryan is going to have his 40th birthday there. <laughs> really? Did my yes. invitation get lost in the mail? It absolutely did. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. What an embarrassing way to find out about your About, about, about Ryan's, Ryan's 40th birthday. birthday. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's got a bunch of family coming in. It's going to be right, a good time. Right. I'll, I'll follow it on social media and you get You are going to see all the things. Absolutely. So we have um, another cool thing is we have Booth here. Booth Hardy from Barrel Thief. And we're doing more cheese and wine pairings. What's today's? Do you know what he's talking about? Uh, so I think we have the third cheese in the winners of the American Cheese Society. And he has paired that with a Willamette Pinot Noir. Let's go to Barrel Thief. I'm ready. I think Booth probably tastes a lot of wine and cheese together. Do you think that that happens to him? Probably every single day. So I have At least a, weekly. I, I bet you he tastes wine and cheese weekly. I have a third one. Are you ready for this, Booth? So we have another cheese. To recap, the last two weeks we've done two different wine and cheese pairings. Now we're on week three. We're doing all the It's three. a marathon of wine and cheese pairings. So the best in shows, first, second, and third place at the American Cheese Society that they had in Richmond this year. An honor. Yep. It was <clears> awesome. Um, so like sad I missed it. Something like 1,700 entries of cheese. Wow, really? And I said this on the last podcast. Um, that in order to enter your cheese, you have to enter it in the format in which it's made. So, what does that mean? So the shooting, the shooting Star Creamery, Aries, which we did last podcast, they make that in 20-pound wheels. So in order for it to be judged, you have to enter the full 20 pounds. Does that get flown from California across the country? Or? It does. Is wow. that not crazy? 
Is that just a greed thing? They're just That's just the way the American Society to, of Cheese does it. That's good. I guess it's like the best showing uh, it's like where the cheese should be showing well or something well, I mean, in that, that quantity. I can see how that would go across the board. So like some of the raw milk cheeses mm-hmm. or some of the um, less aged cheeses like burrata or mozzarella, mm-hmm. entering those in pieces would make for not a great cheese showing. Oh, I see. So you have maybe the same consistency across the board on how you have to enter your cheese. <laughs> cool. So very, very cool. I'm excited for this, for this week's. You're, you're, you're excited for have the cheddar? The bottle? Have you seen the bottle that Booth has here? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He did, this, he did this specifically for you, which I think movie. is really, really cool. It has a fanny a pack yet, on the label. And has a fanny pack on the label. Have you, le- have you learned how to ride one yet? Had I learned how to ride a bike yet? Yeah, yeah you're a funny guy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, really, really funny guy. Moving right along. So we saved the best for last <laughs> for you. This is actually the first place cheese. Wow. Made by the same people that made the first cheese we tasted, Old Chatham Creamery, except they made this cheese in conjunction with Murray's, not Wegmans. So kind of crazy, right? Cool. So apparently aging caves, nobody's surprised here, are like super expensive. And so both Wegmans and Murray's are very serious about their cheese. Mm -hmm. So they have younger or not as established creameries make the cheese, and then they age them specifically to be sold in their spots. Cool. Very cool. So Ruby's bringing the knowledge this week. She, she's dropping some serious knowledge, knowledge bombs on us. Uh, yep. I mean, I don't have the knowledge to pair it with wine, and that's why I have Booth, because I'm like, hey, man, I really love this cheese. I know that not everybody is going to go right out and get a Murray's, um, this beautiful, beautiful aged cheddar, but I think that people know what cheddar is. That's right. And flavor characteristics are sort of standard across the board. Sure. So tell me what you would pair this incredibly sexy. I mean, that's pretty sweet cheddar. That is really sweet cheddar. One thing I didn't realize before I was researching this this cheese a little bit and they said they they wrap it and then they coat the wrapping in lard, uh, which I didn't know before, but that's sort of a common thing for cheddar. Maybe that's not a selling point for some people, but for me, it's like that makes cheddar even better. I think the more fat you add to anything, it's better. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm for that. (laughs) Did you try this, Scott? It's delicious. I have not yet. Which this one right here? Mm -hmm. So for cheddar, for tangy, like Mm, tangy, salty cheeses, um, something with acidity and and sort of a fresh fruitiness and a bit of an earthiness is good. you can do anything from a Beaujolais, which is really light-bodied red wine, to a Cabernet sometimes, like a lower tannin Cabernet. Well, it sort of depends also on the age of the cheese. Um, if it's a young cheddar, you might want like a nice, fresh, young red wine. So like a Beaujolais, you like to drink those young, right? Yep, exactly. That's um, coming up, isn't it? Beaujolais Day is Beaujolais, up? yeah. The, um, In October? The new wine gets uh, November. Oh. Yeah, third Thursday. No, you don't know anything about wine. What are you back for that event, right? <laughs> we are totally doing Beaujolais on the podcast before Beaujolais Day. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but this is this is a Pinot Noir, so it's kind of a step up, I guess, from the from the Beaujolais style wines. Um, they're made from a grape called Gamay, but this is Pinot Noir, and this is from Oregon. And these Oregon Pinots always have a sort of a piney, um, uh, foresty kind of vibe to me that um, that goes well with this uh, this kind of tanginess somehow. I don't know. Um, it just works. I'm not really sure why it works, to be honest. You were telling me that you recently went to Oregon on a wine. T- yeah. Did you visit this winery? Was this one of the ones you went to? I, I went there, yeah. And I wanted to uh, what include wine. What winery is it? 
So this is uh, Groschau Cellars, and this is a winemaker named John Groschau. And like you were saying before, he was a, uh, well, the, the label has a uh, bicycle on it. So he was a cyclist, and apparently a really good cyclist. So that was like his, his post, or his uh, previous life, and now he's a winemaker. Uh, but super nice guy, and this is his commuter cuvee. So, so this is like his entry-level wine. Um, he makes a lot of higher-end wines, like single vineyard um, blends and things like that. And uh, so this is just his like everyday drink it after work, that kind of thing. It's really, really nice. Isn't it good? It's easy. I really like how it... So sometimes I think that wine can compete with cheese, and I think because of this age that's so out there in your face, I think mm -hmm. this is really, really nice behind it, if yeah. that makes sense. It's, it's, Following. I think the second cheese we tried on this little cheese tour was my favorite cheese, but I think that this wine is my favorite wine. So oh. you, like the, you like the 15 year old's cheese. What's her name? God. You like the 15 year old cheese. Yeah, year old cheese. <laughs> the one from California that they flew across the country. Yeah, that they flew across But this the one today, this one we're trying today, is the, it was number one. You can get this cheese at Murray's, which is inside Kroger. Yeah. Which there's, is very, very cool. There's one in Carytown. Do they have them at other locations? I think they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a Murray's. I know that there's one out in the, all the way in Short Pump. Oh, cool. You can Google it if not. You know, you'll figure it out. You sure. can find it. It's and available it's, in town. It's Old Chatham Creamery, and the exact name is... Cave Master Reserve Stocking Hall Cheddar. And then the name of the Pinot Noir that we're drinking from Willamette? Groschau Cellars Commuter Cuvee from the Willamette Valley. And we'll take pictures Oregon. of all these items and Roby will put them on her social media. We'll put them on the Eat It Virginia social media. We always say that. I forget to do that sometimes. I know you do. I know. I think it's the wine. It's always the wine. It's always the wine with Booth. It's always the wine. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. If you can hear the noise in the background, that's because we record on location at Barrel Thief, which is a boutique wine shop in the near West End. The address booth is? Cheese, 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 well, cheese, cheese, cheese. Eating some cheese. Uh, 5805 Patterson Avenue. Address is 5805 Patterson Avenue. You can ask for the owner, Booth Hardy, who sits with us every podcast as our podcast sommelier. Ruby, I love it. I love that we come to Booth's Barrel Thief and he's able to educate us about cheese and wine and all the good stuff. So I have been tossing out this thought on my Instagram. If you don't follow us over at Eat It Virginia, you should. And actually, if you like this idea, shoot us an email at eatitvirginia at gmail.com. I think that we should do maybe at once every couple of months a live podcast with some audience members. Would you call them audience members? Friends. I would call them friends. Yeah, for sure. Um, to hang out with Booth, maybe actually be part of the wine and cheese. I don't really know how it's going to work out, but if this appeals to you, I'd love it to if you guys would let me know. It would be a lot of fun to see some of our listeners and our friends. And yeah. I don't want to talk to an empty room, though, so... We need to have a solid RSVP list before we before we endeavor. So this. five people. We need five of you to decide that you want to come check us out because that's probably tops. But I've had quite some discussion over on the social media, so it'll be interesting to see if we can't make that happen. Do you see this coming out of my mouth right now? This drool. I was going to say the fact that you haven't shaved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you're terrible to me. You're terrible to me. I am. I'm talking about Manchu wings. I'm thinking about Manchu wings. My face is getting a little flushed. So here's what's funny My is I put is them on the fast. on the hot list maybe three or four months ago because they're incredible, right? Like the greatest wings ever. And then Scott proceeds to eat there every other night since they made the hot list. He is probably Marvin's biggest fan and for reasons because they're delicious wings. Also, he's a pretty cool cat. He is. We're going to take you to Manchu right after this. Want more food in your ear? Subscribe to the podcast or find us on Twitter at Eat It Virginia, Instagram at Eat It Virginia, or Facebook at Eat It Virginia. And now, back to the show. Hello, yeah, Marvin Wynn. Pronounced like win, like I win something. Like you win. <laughs> there you go. Nobody will have any yeah, problems see, with that. It's easy like that. I, we are... Like, this is the first time I've done this, Scott. What is this, Roby? I stand behind a counter while the individual is still working. Um, He's that busy. Where are we, Roby? We, we are at Manchu. This is, like I was telling Marvin before you got here that I think this is your favorite restaurant because you write about this place. I feel like every month, somewhere in your writing, Manchu is mentioned. I think that the search for a perfect wing... It's like my life's work. <laughs> That's my purpose, actually. That's my life work now. I, uh, I did not know slinging wings was my forte. And so here I am trying to make the best wings in Richmond. And you are selling out of wings relatively regularly. I mean, I now came to a point to where I try not to sell out. So I'm having extras and extras on top of extras. I think, I think it's the best thing ever. It just shows you that Richmond really, really digs a chicken wing. A good chicken wing. Uh, well, Not just course. any chicken wing. Oh, I mean, a sure. good chi- an exceptional chicken wing. So this, well, you know that I love this restaurant. Scott, how many times have you been here? <laughs> I think I've been here half a dozen times in like two months, which, you know, uh, Manchu is not close to where I live. It is sort of close to where I work, but not like on the way home or on the way to work. But it is definitely worth the trip to North Avenue in Brooklyn Park. Yeah, Brooklyn Park area. Yeah. So how did you get here? Because you have kind of an s- interesting trajectory through New Orleans, mm-hmm. so forth and so on. Can you walk me through that? Yeah, well, I can blame my parents for that on how we ended up here in Virginia. Um, but we did start out in New Orleans, uh, where majority of my family resides. And with schooling being important in our family, that's how we migrated up northeast. Um, and slowly from there, we got here to Richmond in 2006, where my brother and I attended school here in Richmond. And uh, from there, it was just, everything was just smooth sailing. But I did not know chicken wings was in my future because I used to be in an office job behind cubicles and windows. But at home, cooking was something I l- enjoyed. It's your whole family is a lot is like tell tell everyone your New Orleans connection. Yeah, so yeah, my family has been operating the Manchu in New Orleans for the past thirty five years, uh, where they bought over a Chinese restaurant and made it their own and created new recipes. And from there, it took them twenties of years to actually get known in uh, in New Orleans. And I went down there and studied under them for just half a year and just stole their recipe and took it with me. <laughs> he. Openly admits that he swiped family the recipe. award-winning Manchu it's recipe. It's not stealing it's your family. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was actually, um, they, they actually loved the fact that I wanted to come and expand their restaurant where they couldn't do it themselves. And so they took me in with open arms and allowed me to 
study under them and took me on just open doors. It was great. So it was love. I don't want you to uh, to spill the beans here. I do. Give it, well, he's not going to. I can I tell you he's recipe. not going to. He's not going to give it to you. You're going to ask. I want it. No, I'm not going to ask. Yes, you are. Well, I'm going to ask, ask the secret. Like, So how would you, if someone has not um, had your wings before, mm-hmm. how would you describe them to You know, it's really somebody? simple. It's just a simple dry rub recipe. Honestly, I feel like any dry rub recipe on a wing, as long as you let it sit for a day, it's going to be good. Ooh, right? but sit it, for a day. Is it Vietnamese? Is it is it? Cajun is it like what, what, what? How would you classify it, Scott? You just said it yourself. Is Vietnamese Cajun? Just put it together. <laughs> wow, I have a future in this business. <laughs> I feel like you might know. Yeah. All right, very good. So uh, yeah, we just simply took up some seasoning that we created on our own, threw it on some chicken, let it sit for a day, just throw in some water and some flour, and that's it. Call it a day. It's that easy, Roby. It's, it's, that, it's well, like this podcast. Act, is that easy? We're we going to open our own Manchu now. I, love it. I think it's great. But there's a couple of other things that you're really known for, not just your wing. Now, right. obviously, they're doing really great here in Richmond, and I think they're delicious, so I will be taking a few home with me, and like a, by a few, I mean a million wings. But you also, there's a hangover cure people mm. swear by. Right, yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I've yet to have that, but somebody says that you're planning on having Having that here. Oh, well, we do have it here, actually. Uh, what? As you know, down in New Orleans, there's no curfew to where you can stop drinking, right? So <laughs> when you wake up, you're going to have a migraine of some sort due to uh, being dehydrated. So yakamine is pretty well known in New Orleans. Um, it's a very simple dish. You take your chicken broth, you boil it down for several hours, throw some of your family recipes in there to get a good broth. Uh, and obviously, your condiments such as chicken, shrimp, um, what else? We got ham, hard-boiled egg, some green onions, right? Sriracha with spaghetti noodles. Oh. Very simple, yet <laughs> very, very simple. flavorful. It's so simple. So simple. <laughs> One but or two ingredients. And it cures all manner of sins from the evening before. It's good to know. That's good. Yeah. Do you feel a hangover coming on? You know, it's almost the weekend. <laughs> you never know. So close. How many siblings do you have? Uh, in my f- I got four siblings, including myself. Okay, and are they all here in Richmond now? I have one older brother who lives here in Richmond uh, and two younger sisters. Um, I have one in Houston and one in Atlanta. Let's, what do you think this guy would like to have? We're actually at the restaurant behind the service thing, so and you have a customer. Do Go you want, want to ask him what he wants? Yeah, yeah, of yeah, take care of him. How's it going, sir? Pretty good. How about you? Oh, doing pretty well. I'm here to feed you, man, as <laughs> usual. Six piece. The usual six piece? Rice and salad. Rice and salad. Oh, you already know what you want. My next question. What's the name for the order? Hey, Tim. Thank you. Tim, what's in a six piece that you like? Everything. Everything's in a six piece? (laughs) Yeah, six piece uh, chicken. Six piece fried chicken with rice and salad. You can get rice and salad or you can get double rice or double salad or french fries, Cajun. Do you come here a lot to eat? I've been here. This is number six. It's number six. Yes. Oh, so you have regulars is what I'm seeing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a great thing about this uh, being here in the north side, that they come here um, regularly just because my service, actually. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the food is good. His service is good. So he's just, him, him and his sister have waited on me. So they're both ah, it's a family affair. Professional and polite. You know? Do you live around here? Yes. Oh, so you just walk on down here, grab a snack, and walk on back. Yeah, yeah you ha- you're doing it right. Keep the hot going and Poultry's good for you. Yes. I, oh, I love it. I love a regular. 
So you mentioned Northside, this being a great neighborhood for you. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I chose Northside because it reminds me of home in New Orleans. The foot traffic that we have, the bus stops, the people that are around. Uh, just reminds me of home. So Northside was just a perfect fit for me into itself. Yeah, I've been there, like I said, about a half a dozen times, I think. And I was initially super impressed, not only with the wings, but with your demeanor. When people come in, you seem to know almost everybody by name and by order. Is that something that you've had to train yourself to do, or is that just natural? Yeah, so during uh, my past experience growing up and with um, having to do consultant jobs in D.C., uh, that's one thing that I take to heart is knowing people's names and faces because, you know, people can relate better that way, you know. And uh, for me, I take that as a pride of mine to know everyone's face and associate a name with it. Um, and yeah, adding that to my food, it's a no-brainer. Hopefully they come back. It's, I feel like you're here all the time. Are you here most days? Oh uh, yeah, Monday through Saturday, about 13 hours a day. Oh, so he's not doing much work. I looked at him when I was trying to make this, this interview happen. I said, how about Sunday? He looked at me like, that's my day, dude. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not meeting you on Sunday. I'm not doing anything on Sunday. Sunday's my day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do need to breathe at least once. So you came to Richmond to go to school. Where do you eat when, on Sunday when you're not here? So uh, at home. <laughs> we were cooking a lot, you know, family dinners, things that we can't do during the week. So uh, we use our Sunday as a family day. Obviously, we uh, go see the Lord when we can, and then we go home and we just have a good meal together, have a drink or two, and relax. Now football season's coming up. We're going to have a reason to, you know, enjoy our you're Sundays. You're going to be too busy making wings for all the football parties. <laughs> that, that, that right there, I'm going to have to figure out. <laughs> Bulk wings for everybody's football. It's coming. Our, uh, our store in New Orleans, that, when football season comes around, it's, it's hectic. We have 18 fryers going on at once uh, with hundreds and hundreds of wings just leaving per customer. 18 fryers. How many fryers do you have here? I have six fryers. That's a lot of fryers. Mm -hmm. Six is a lot. Oh, when you're pumping out wings, the, the speed he is, I guess you need that. How many wings do you think you sell in a busy day here? Uh, a busy day, uh, about six 40-pound boxes of wings. What? Do the what? math. Do the math, Ruby. I can't even How do many? the math. It's ridiculous. 240 pounds. Yes, but that's a lot of wings. Yeah, absolutely. Do you prefer the um, drum or the, what is the other one called? The flat. Flat, yes. So I'm used to like flats, right? But um, lately, I've just been more of a drum fan. The drums that I produce is just it's tender, per perfectly fried. He's producing crisp. that good drum. Um, it's just it's just perfectly fried, and it gets more meat. Why not? It fills you up. I'm, I'm a drum fan myself. You're a drum? Absolutely. I, I see. I'm an equal opportunity winger, so <laughs> I'll take I'll take whatever you'll give me. Let's talk about the decision you made to leave the office job and to following your family's footsteps mm -hmm. down the food road. Uh, it was uh, it was something that happened over time. Uh, I know that we come from a family of cooks and love being in the kitchen, and. Uh, for me, I, I felt like I was being held back, you know, with the windows and cubicles and having to follow SOPs, you know, and uh, I felt like me, I could be my own boss, and so why not? So I took my feet and jumped in the water, in the cold water, and uh, was like, I'm opening a food truck, and I reached out to my family down south and told them about my ideas, and they were like, let's do it. So they invited me down, and uh, that's it. I left the corporate world. Coming from a food truck to a brick and mortar, what do you do? You think you'll ever go back to the mobile, or do you love this a little bit more? This was actually my end goal. Ah. 
the food truck was an introduction to Richmond to let them know th who we are, what we are about, and what we're going to be serving here. Um, and for the two and a half years that we uh, operated in a food truck, it actually served its purpose because I got to float around and meet a lot of people. It was great. Um, I got to work with a lot of events and functions that helped me open my eyes to a lot of things. One of my favorite functions was working with the PGA Tour Golf here in Richmond um, for like a four-day event. And it, yes, to answer your question, I may go back to the food truck industry. Uh, not now, obviously, with the amount of Do you still have the truck? Uh, I don't. My a friend of mine turned it into a taco truck. So <laughs> that's not a bad it, thing. It's actually um, it's actually pretty unique. They're veteran owned. What's the name? Uh, it's called Alberto's Tacos. Where is this taco uh, truck? They're located in Prince William. Oh, that's okay. We can get there. Yeah, or, or it can get here. Or it can it's come, a truck. Yeah, after it's all. a truck. It can move. You're correct. They have this one dish that just blew me away. Uh, they take their non homemade naan and they fry it up, and they put uh, they make Indian taco to sum it up. Sure. And it's just absolutely delicious. So they fry naan and then they put all delicious things inside of mm -hmm. it, I bet. I like all those things. Me too. Me too. Indian yeah. taco truck. They, they definitely great. know what they're doing, so it was great. What were some of the learning curve things that you had to get past to make the first the truck successful and then this Manchu location? Um, really, it, had to, it boiled down to procedures step by step on um, how we can get certain menus or orders out at a timely manner. Uh, with the food truck, it was a lot different. We were with only two fryers to operate in, um, having to figure out how we can actually fry things up quick enough to make sure people don't have to wait long for their orders. Um, so it was a lot of trial and error on uh, how I can make things work. Now, it wasn't actually much big of a difference from my food truck to this. It's actually more work opening up the brick and mortar than it is with the food truck, uh, having to keep up with all the menu items that we now having and adding more. Um, and adding daily specials to our menu items now, too. So it's something that we're adding on uh, over time, week after week. So where did the ghost pepper wing come from? Do you serve that in New Orleans and you brought it up? Or? I know, actually. New Orleans, they keep it simple and real. Uh, when I moved up here, I know that uh, Virginia's a little extra when it comes to their food. So <laughs> we are so extra. That's such a <laughs> uh, wonderful way to put it. So uh, I had to come up with some sauces with the wings because I understand my wings as good as it is, but going back to being extra, we created sauces for our wings, whereas they don't have sauces. Um, so we got the Armambo sauce, sticky garlic, barbecue, sweet and spicy barbecue, and aioli. Um, and the ghost pepper. The ghost pepper was just something that we love doing. We, we come from a family of eating spicy food, you know, being Cajun and all. And so uh, my brother gave me an idea, hey, why don't you just make spicy wings? I was like, oh, okay, what, what do you have in mind? He actually already took the liberty and ordered ghost pepper powder for me to use. He said, here, try this out. And so I played with some recipes and measurements and I threw in my wings and that was the best ghost pepper wings I ever had. Like literally, if I had to choose my wings, I prefer eating ghost pepper every single day. Ghost pepper wings. And those Burn are not always available, off. or how, how's that? What's what's how's that work out? Yeah, it's actually every Tuesdays when we do ghost pepper wings. Okay. Only on Tuesdays and sell out on Tuesdays. Yes. He had to get what the so the individuals at Aloy are growing peppers in their on their patio, and they say that they're too spicy. 
You ought to get with those guys. Ben Waters can give you some peppers. You can do some local oh, pepper wings. Someone offered some Carolina Reaper, and uh, my eyes just rolled back. Woof. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you guys are ready for some Carolina Reaper can wings. Can you do that, Pete? <laughs> that Scoville? I can't do it. That's, That's too uh, much. That Scoville is awfully high for me, actually. You know, unless you want your stomach to turn. No, thank you. <laughs> okay. I don't sell milk here either, so it's kind of difficult. So I heard that the, the spicier or the higher the Scoville rating is, the higher your metabolism works. Like it actually ups your metabolism. So if you're used you to eating You can lose weight while eating those wings? You can lose weight by eating spicier foods. Right. I listened to the guy that actually grew the Carolina Reaper, the first one. He gave a talk in Charleston when I was down there. Okay. And he says that you're really not burning anything. You cannot get injured by a pepper, but you can definitely feel it for a while. Th that's actually, uh, that's very true. I've had my fair share of eating spicy food. And yeah, I can see the metabolism being raised as you eat spicy food because you're sweating it all out at the same time. My it nose on sweats. Your face. Yeah. yeah. So this restaurant isn't huge, I would say. It's a, it's a take-up window. There's nowhere to sit, really, for our customers. Mm -hmm. the, the truck you work in is kind of small, I'm mm -hmm. guessing. So with all those spices floating around, any like horror stories from the kitchen that you can share? Anything funny happen to you while oh, you were yeah. uh, cooking? It's, it's, uh, it's quite dangerous when we do our seasoning back there because once that happens, everyone gets the, the, the sneeze case. You know, it's like it just it sounds like you're dying back there. <laughs> so we all have to put on a mask. The pepper sneezes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it gets awfully dangerous when seasoning happening back there. So. So what is your day like when you roll in here for the first time? You walk us through it. Yeah, every morning uh, I uh, stop by, get my supplies from Depot, get here around 8 o'clock, start making my mambo sauce because that's a thing like uh, everyone loves here for some reason. It's almost like they gargle my mambo sauce, which is great. I love it. Um, I'm into the mambo <laughs> sauce. I have some in my fridge right now, actually, <laughs> from last week. And, uh, yeah, we, we make our chicken. We brine it. We season it. We cut um, the shrimp, the fish right before 10.30 starts, and uh, then, we, then we start our day. And you're open from when to when? 10.30 to 8, Monday you, through Saturday. It's a long day of a lot of wings. Is it always like, I mean, it's pretty crowded right now. I you mean, told me we, this was not the busy time. You, you told us to come this time because you said it wasn't going to be busy, but there's a line and people are constantly coming up. Yeah, so I normally mean, crazy. lunch would be from 12 to 2, and then it would die down a bit, but sometimes it's just... It's, it's random here at Manchu. We just don't know what happens here at Manchu. When I pulled into the parking lot, I saw two police Richmond City's finest back there eating wings. I was like, yeah. interesting. <laughs> it looks like somebody's found this. The new donut. It is. Wings are the new donut. Yeah, the squad actually comes here as a whole. I actually have a photo of about 20 of them rolling in at once. Uh, for the whole precinct entirely. And uh, they, everyone got wings. <laughs> that's, we know where our Richmond Police Force is now. The safest place in Richmond right here. Yeah, Manchu. Manchu. Um, you had mentioned earlier that this neighborhood reminds you of New Orleans a little bit. Any other comparison you kind of noticed over the years? There's no comparison, honestly. Just this area reminds me of New Orleans because of the foot traffic. Um, but the New Orleans culture is, uh, is, is totally different. Uh, the culture down there is something that you have to absorb once if you've never been. Just the people down there, the sun of hospitality, um, the city of tourists, it's just, it's, it's no comparison. But I still love it here in Richmond. Richmond has changed. I've seen it when it was a ghost town, and I'm looking at it as it changed and grow. So it's, it's building it as a home for me. What do you think, what would you say is the reason for that change? Oh, or man. how has the food industry helped in that change? It's just what people are bringing in here. The, you got the breweries that are coming into Richmond. 
the real estate business in Richmond is building, um, the people moving in, uh, it's, it's livelier. Uh, obviously, VCU is growing, which is, we are, we're part of VCU family, so it's great for us. And she, so th that's your mother? This is, yeah, this is mother over here. So, Hi there. And she is what relation to the individuals in New Orleans? Uh, well, the one is in New Orleans, my dad's side, which ah. is my, the, my dad's nephew. Okay. My okay. first cousins. So mm -hmm. cool. And you've been down there in the kitchen working with them, hanging out, doing all the yes. things. I, uh, I love the family down there. They're, they're great folks. They, they take you in as if you're their own. Um, and I'm pretty close to them. It's, I miss them. Obviously, with me being here now, I won't be able to go down and help them anymore, as they would love me to, to help them. But, uh, but yeah, they, they would like to see me grow as well. I don't know if your mom can hear us right now. I'm, I'm going to wait for her to walk in the kitchen. All right, she's gone. Who's the boss of this place? Well, I would say I am, but we all know she's the boss boss. <laughs> I was going to say, she looks pretty boss to I'm, me. So. <laughs> I waited for her to leave before I asked that question for a reason. And she looks like we, she's doing all the work right now, we, so I don't know who the boss is. We make a pretty good team, honestly. Uh, we come up with uh, recipes together. We do things together. We talk about what's good to bring in and uh, what's not going to work. So uh, this is actually our second year working together in the restaurant or in the industry of a restaurant. And... Uh, yeah, I would say she's my PIC, my partner in crime. So, I mean, from a son's standpoint, from a family standpoint, that's a big change in your life to go be working in an office, be working with coworkers, to working with your mom. I mean, mm -hmm. what kind of, what has that meant for you these last couple of years? Oh, man, did I see this coming? I didn't, honestly. I did not see this coming. But uh, if you knew her food 20 years ago, she would have been famous 20 years ago. Her, she's uh, so cute. She has the touch on food that would just... Um, that just makes things taste good. So is this your first, other than the food truck, is mm -hmm. this you all's first restaurant? Yes. And would you think you'll open another one? That would be the idea. Uh, we would uh, we would love to have a second Manchu location in Richmond. Um, Any and specific locations? We'll put that out in yeah, the ether. Yeah, so uh, we do get a lot of customers who drive from the south side. Um, sure. And, uh, more than 60% of our customers actually drive from the south side. Yeah, that's, that's mind blowing. So my second location may be down in the south side. Wow! Did you figure that out through the credit card swipes, or how do you Actually, how do you know, know that? Uh, just uh, my communications with them, like, hey, where you guys coming from? Because a lot of new faces do show up each and every day, and they say that I've been seeing about your food and hearing it, and I was like, where did you come from? And sixty percent would say they come from the south side. Well, I live in Glen Allen, so if you ever want to open up a spot in Glen Allen, <laughs> at least. Half a percent of your customers come from Glen Allen. That would, like that would be me. That would be me. And I am in the city, so I clearly could use a Manchu right next to my house. We're not too far from the <laughs> <I know>. city. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? I, I would love that. So, all right, last pitch. For people that haven't been to Manchu, why would somebody come here? If you are a wing connoisseur and looking for wings that does not need any sauce, you must try us out. The most crispy and juicy tender wings. Uh, and on top of that, your wait time is really low. You don't have to wait for your wing. Speaking of waiting, there is a line forming, so I think we should let Marvin go. What I'm do you not think? letting him go. He's making me some wings. Oh, well, you know, for the interview at least. <laughs> yes. Perfect. You've listened to Roby and Scott with Eat It Virginia and Marvin of Manchu. Thank you for having me, guys. This episode of Eat It Virginia was brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich.
This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.